I am your gracious founding co-host, uh, Pete Chase, and I am with um, a very special featured guest co-host for the night. Uh, we are going to get into something really new and interesting on this podcast, 
and this is the first episode in our relationship review series so we will actually be reviewing various forms of media in particular tv series and film and maybe even possibly some documentaries and discussing the relationship dynamics that occur uh portrayed in these uh these projects and also showing you how you can relate them to your own life and what aspects of the game you can grow from from these examples and so tonight i am with the lovely sam stokes and uh we have a few housekeeping announcements for you and we're gonna get right into the episode after that but uh awesome thanks so much for having me pleasure to be here absolutely um and Sam is a friend of a good friend of longtime Game Gurus moderator, our one of our favorite moderators, Robin. Yeah, so, Robin. Shout out to Robin. Speaking of which, check out the uh, More and Everything Complex. Uh, that's by Sean Michael McDougal. Um, other co-host uh actually former co-host of the podcast uh check out his book on amazon um also check out um and then actually i'll turn it over to us uh, uh check out uh, i'm sorry check out the uh cqp moments podcast with our other favorite uh moderator uh coupon queen pen uh they just started a new series on there called uh, karaoke um, so definitely check that out I'm butchering all these names today but no, you guys sound, will, they're sounding good <laughs> you, guys will get yeah, it. Guess... you guys will get it check it out it's good stuff Yeah. and then I'll turn it over to Sam she has some interesting announcements as well and then we'll get into the episode yeah yeah absolutely uh, yeah I mean talking about our, our mutual friend and, you know girl we love Robin Fitzgerald um, they just had their season her season uh, finale uh, for her fantastic sketch comedy show on um, YouTube called Fits and Friends. So, you know, she has such an amazing sense of humor and um, the show really just brings that out. So check it out on YouTube. They're really, really great. Um, Fits and Friends. Um, it's pretty easy to find when you type it in. And uh, the other thing I'm supposed to toot my own little horn I got a band called Sam and Jack, J-A-K, no C, Sam and Jack. You can go to samandjack.com. Got our music there, music videos. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Toot, toot. (laughs) They have really cool music videos. They're very well done. I was very impressed by that. It seems like you're already signed in with the label when you look at the (laughs) Getting there, getting there. (laughs) Good stuff. Okay, and then also, it helps the podcast grow. Um, I'll, I'll toot my own horn for everything. Uh, check out uh, my other podcast, the Trep Life Podcast. Um, check out season one of that. Uh, season two will be back in sometime in 2020. I haven't quite decided yet, but maybe I heard a rumor that some episodes may have been recorded. So, who knows? Um 
but definitely subscribe and write reviews for Game Gurus. Give us those five-star ratings. You know it helps the podcast grow. Um, We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, any comments, feedback, insight, whatever. We're here for it all. Um, You can also reach us at GameGurus um, at gmail.com. So, yeah. And now we are getting into our first episode of Relationship Review. And today, Sam and I are going to discuss the Netflix original film, Marriage Story. Marriage Story, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this one. So we've been playing this for what, like a week now, Sam? Yeah, I mean, basically since I saw the first billboard, I mean, it feels like advertising these days is like, they don't do stuff like three months in advance, unless it's a Star Wars movie. But like yeah. everything else is like, it's here and it's coming out in three days, watch it. And then a week later, there's a new ad for something else. So yeah, like a week. So those were kind of your expectations of it and everything. I mean, just, you know, it just popped up. And then it was there. <laughs> and it was like everyone saw it within the first three days that it came out. Like know? all good Netflix movies, right? Yes. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw the trailer? <sighs> Let me think. Honestly, you know, there's like some movies where like you see the poster and you see the actors and you're just like, I don't even need to do anything. So I think I just went into it blind. I just was like, I saw a billboard on Sunset Boulevard or something. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be watching that as soon as it comes out. (laughs) Um, I I don't even think I watched the trailer. I I watched the trailer, but I don't think the trailer made me want to watch the movie necessarily. If that makes sense. Um, I think... Like I said, um, when we were speaking earlier, um, yes, audience, we did have a pre-episode conference discussion, <laughs> you know, but it's all for your Little benefit. But uh, I just kind of, uh, you know, I'm a big Scarlett Johansson fan, and so I was interested in something about, um, you know just seeing her kind of in a different way with this film is what struck me I think most in the trailer and um but I I didn't necessarily have a great idea of even what it was about like I think at first I thought they were like a lesbian couple I saw something where Mm. like Adam I saw the back of Adam Driver's head and I was just like really like oh wait what I I did not know what was going on and then I did some research into it I was like oh okay um it's not that but um yeah so but yeah the the trailer didn't do much for me either it was really just kind of like a word of mouth thing and then you know just being a fan of uh Scarlett Johansson yeah no it's um yeah, I just pulled up her. I just pulled up her. 
Google presence. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, it's really amazing. I mean, you're really, you're right. Uh, when you look back at all of the stuff she's done with the exception of maybe like lost in translation, but like, you know, she's definitely in the, uh, action and kind of thriller world. Um, and I, I kind of had forgotten that this was a, so, so unique to her, her really diverse com- career. Um, so yeah, this was really, this was a really great stretch for her. Or like, um, for some, I think parts of her performance reminded me of her performance in, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I yeah. I've seen that, but, um, mm-hmm. But even here, the, just the way that um, her presence was so different. But I, I kind of feel like those two characters um, would almost get along in a certain way or have similar attributes. Like they were both kind of like free spirits and had that yeah. going on. But she, physically, she, I think they encapsulate or they have two completely different presences almost. Yeah, absolutely. I I saw that other film so long ago, um, so I I can't speak too much. It's not as fresh in my brain, but right. yeah, she definitely has just a very uh, a very down to earth uh, presence. Absolutely. So speaking of which, let's talk about the characters. Um, yeah. In this, so the two. Primary characters or are um, Nicole and Charlie, or Charlie and Nicole, however you want to phrase it, mm-hmm. and they're. How would you describe? Want to do Nicole first, and then we'll do Charlie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, they're both so similar in a lot of ways, and like. <clears throat> You had a, a good thing in our in our prep conversation about them being like twin flames, you know, being similar to one another, but then also mirroring um, each other and bringing out the best in each other, but also bringing out the worst in each other. Um, and that really stuck. That really stuck with me, and I think that was a perfect way to describe it because they do have so many similar interests, but yet are also you know, pull each other a little bit apart. So, like, to kind of get into their background a little bit more, they're both uh, creatives. Uh, Nicole is an actress and um, formerly uh, a movie actress, and she has predominantly been featured in plays, um, I think, written in produced and directed by uh, Charlie, her husband and father of her son. You know, it's a family thing. And I think you made an excellent point about how they almost needed to probably better formulate or formalize their collective creative outputs and their separate um, individual goals. Yes. Yeah. And she came from 
LA with a history of of um, kind of more TV and commercial uh, background, <coughs> and and didn't really get into the theater world until after she had met Charlie um, in LA at some point. Yeah, right. And as an actress, you kind of know those are two completely different places to be as an actress. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Not just geographically, obviously, but right. like um, just your headspace, what's required of you, um, what the kind of style is of um, of, of how your performance is supposed to be. Um, they're just very, very different creatures. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a big, big life decision for her in a lot of ways when she did decide to go to New York. And so I think um, the film opens where we initially start learning, um, I would say a lot about Charlie but I think we also get to have a very great uh, kind of uh, insight into Nicole's personality as well. Because uh, we were talking about it earlier. One of the best openers in, you know, I think it's an all-time great opening. And definitely one yeah. of the, definitely right up there with the best this year. So. Oh, absolutely. It has... Without us being like as heartbreaking, but for me, it reminded me a lot of the opening of Up, uh, the animated movie, yeah. which everyone always talks about like, oh my God, how did Disney get me to cry within the first three minutes of a movie? They're masters, you know? <laughs> um, and in the sense that they, they just lay out your two main protagonists within the first four or five minutes that and with such a loving and and beautiful look at who these people are um that it just really sets a nice tone for the movie and so she's what would you say are some of the major differences between them as characters like how they tick or like their interests or I, let's go with both right now how they take yeah. and interest I'm curious I guess I mean I guess and I guess this kind of goes to like how they take but then also then will evolve quickly into where their conflicts I guess arise but like you know Charlie was very focused on his thing and growing his theater and was very focused on developing this dream that he had and uh, Scarlett Johansson's uh, and um, Nicole was very focused on you know being the good partner I guess initially and so a little bit more of the self-sacrifice was in her character and a little bit more of the team player and, and doing kind of what 
needed to be done, I would say, to like have their relationship grow. And I think she herself, and that's where the conflict arises, she herself was kind of feeling a little bit of those tensions of like, huh, maybe this isn't what exactly what I wanted to do, act on off-Broadway shows in New York. And by the time she realizes it herself, she feels like it's too late uh, to go back and relive kind of the dream and the life that she wanted to live. Um, and then just really takes all that out on Charlie. Um, so it was kind of, yeah. So, it, I mean, it's hard to kind of say the differences and then separate it also from how that then arises into their conflict, I guess. Right. I think their differences in personality are um, mostly their sense of expression. Um, you kind of see Nicole is going to live a little bit more in the moment, I feel like. And she's going to express her feelings, but she also might be um, apt to change her mind. Um, which I think we see progress throughout the film as a kind of like a reoccurring personality trait. Um, yeah. And I think with Charlie, he's more big picture and this is what I have in my head. This is my vision. And we're just going to make it happen. I don't always know how. Um, and... And also kind of like, he's so focused on that that he doesn't see or he's not receptive to a plan maybe wanting to be different than what is happening you know what I mean right so adjustments I I think she would probably be better at making um, adjustments and um, he's kind of like well that's not what I was thinking so just kind of being stubborn with his vision almost Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um yeah, and you you saw that moment cuz you know there's the moment of they're deciding to do an, a divorce. They're deciding okay, we can do this amicably as friends between us. Like we'll make this happen. We don't need a therapist. We don't need any of this. We don't need lawyers. And then there comes this moment in which she's in LA and he's in New York and she just basically says, "All right, I need to serve you divorce papers. And um, and I think, you know, we were trying to figure out why, why all of a sudden go with that big next step, you know? Right. And yeah, why do you think, why do you think that she felt the need to then all of a sudden say, oh, by the way, here are these divorce papers? I, I think she found agency but not within herself and I think that was kind of her journey throughout the movie right Um, yeah but I think she found it with her lawyer where Mm. I think that was the first time she felt heard necessarily uh, because I don't think you know Charlie wasn't a bad guy they didn't have this horrible relationship so her family was kind of like well why are you getting divorced again are you sure this is what you want to do yeah 
you should kind of work it out like especially her mom and I think even to a certain degree her sister so I I don't think anyone really understood where she was coming from and it was the lawyer who said what's your story tell me your story I want to hear it from you yeah and I think that was the first time she was able to really express what she had been feeling internally I think for some time Gosh, let's just gush for a minute, too, on that, like, six-minute monologue that Scarlett Johansson did that was in that scene when she's talking to the lawyer. Yes, that first one. Wow. That, and one of the lines, I remember I was taking some notes while I was watching it, and do you remember that line she said about George Harrison's wife? Yes, and then I, um, I was, like, thinking, oh, why can't I just be like George Harrison's wife? And then I remember, then I couldn't remember her name. Yes. And she was talking about this concept and I've had, I've had that conversation. It was so weird because I'd had that conversation with a lot of other girlfriends of mine of like, why can't I just, she said the words, just own it. Why can't I just own it? Why can't I just be loving mother and wife and just do the bake sales, do the, do the amazing Halloween costumes and the this and the that and like why can't I just own that and and I think that is a a reality today absolutely of trying to find that balance of how do I be that supporting partner you know because it would be it would be a shame if we ended up in a society of just a bunch of single people and no one ever experience loved anymore because we were all just so self-absorbed and focused on our own goals that we didn't support other people right like that would be the other alternative um so yeah that was an interesting concept that she brought up in that monologue definitely there there were some very powerful conversations and um i think thought processes between nicole and her attorney in particular but also charlie and his um attorneys as well yeah do you do you notice like within your young male friend groups or whatever you know as as women are having these George Harrison wife (laughs) uh conversations if we're just gonna create a term of what that's called do you do you notice within your peers of of young males or whatever of of guys kind of talking about how they're experiencing things at the moment in terms of like if in terms of um uh traditional male partner roles and traditional female partner roles and the expectations of that so i think currently um there's kind of a split i think I know of a lot of people who I think a lot of my friends, um, because I have a pretty wide friend group from, you know, people of different backgrounds. And I think it depends on um, the individual as well as their relationships. But there's a lot of couples that I see that are a little more traditional uh, in terms of the guy has the more dominant career going. For himself yeah uh, but then there's also the flip side where um you know 
his wife or his girlfriend or the fiance's career is taking off. And I don't necessarily, um, I don't see my friends in particular struggling with that. Mm, Um, But it's, um, and, and maybe they are struggling with it in terms of maybe wanting more for themselves, but I don't feel like they've necessarily internalized that identity as themselves because I think socially maybe they're still um, more prominent in other ways they feel like okay I don't have the career but I'm the one with the friends and we have a cool life together yeah so it it just kind of depends on um, the situation and and I don't think they're necessarily um, as supportive as they probably could be just because of an overall um, non-developed they're not necessarily progressing with their uh, emotional intelligence if that the, the your guy friends you're saying my guy friends yeah 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 that's interesting yeah because you know yeah I mean with this shift of um, you know women being more empowered and and getting to maintain careers, you know, there is also then the expectation or the or the opportunity for men to also be more involved in the in the home life. And I thought the film they did a really nice job of showing, you know, both of them, Nicole and Charlie, being super dedicated to their son, super involved in in his life and um and so it did seem definitely like a a pretty nicely balanced i guess um form of child rearing i guess i think i think it um definitely was and i i think towards the beginning of the film you see it uh more functional and then I think as they start going through their divorce proceedings, it erodes in some ways. And mm. um, because I think um, even though you don't feel like either parent um, has done anything detrimental to the child, I think you can kind of glean that it is having some effect on him. But and not not it's not the most negative thing in the world but you see that okay there are little laps here where um you know he mentions in the argument scene um which is also another fantastic scene in the movie this movie has a lot of really great key scenes um you know every like acting company and like audition is going to be seeing these scenes, the the Scarlett Johansson monologue, and then that that hectic scene where they have that argument for at least the next ten years. <laughs> yes, it, that argument scene has a lot of views on YouTube already. So oh yeah, it's already oh, up God. there. But that that scene where he says, "Well, he tells uh, Henry, that's their son's name, uh, that you don't even play with him, that you're always on the phone." 
he's like that's because I'm getting divorced here and I'm trying to run a play in New York and so Mm. and before she said you know he was always very attentive even sometimes more than she was like he would get up with him and he liked doing all the the you know the sometimes things that we consider almost maternal aspects of parenting um but uh Charlie was all in on it because he didn't have a father figure so I just thought very interesting movie oh yeah it, and it's, it's original yeah. it, it, it feels fresh it feels unique like yeah and it's um it embraces the you know like a lot of times we want to have our films and our characters have very clear character choices Either you hate this person or you love this person, right? Okay. Or um, this is a good relationship or this is a bad relationship. Or there's one good guy and there's one bad guy. Like that's how we like to have to just move plot along. Where things are film, clean and clear and yes, yeah. And and this film really just lived in the muddiness of. You know, what I would say is probably the reality of a lot of marriages where it, you know, has a lot of deep, 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 deep love and compassion for one another. And then also extremely frustrating, pushing buttons like no one knows how to push buttons kind of thing. And even within those moments where it was like... uh, like that argument scene and at the end he's just crying and all he wants to do is hug her and they kind of are like yeah okay we we do have a lot of love here still you know right and it's just like they're in the moment where they're so frustrated at everything that's going on and in parts of the movie you get the sense that these things even though they're involved in the divorce and they're the ones that hired their lawyers and everything else that it's almost outside of their control and that I think both yes. of them feel helpless at different times yeah they're kind of like this isn't really what our intentions were but almost like um, we've gone too far down this path that we can't we can't pump the brakes anymore um, and go back and try to repair this you know what I mean so we kind of just accepted that this is just the reality of it and um, and it's just gonna and it's just gonna keep going down that path you you talked about something um, that was really important about levels of arguments oh right yeah so yeah Ex- you want to talk about that yeah expand upon yeah, that yeah. a little bit for us it's yeah well so we were talking about how like this couple is so specific you know what I mean like they could have had this film about a couple living in the midwest and had a nice house and a kid and just decided they were going to get a divorce and you know what i mean like they could have picked a a couple that whose story was more generic 
Um, but their story of him being a director, her being an actress, them having their own theater company in Brooklyn or New York or something, um, and being a creative couple, like that's so unique and different to most audiences. You know what I mean? And the film did a really nice job, I thought, of talking about so there's the fight that they had at like their overall level so this like superficial level which is saying you know like oh why are we fighting about the dishes and it's like oh I'm super fighting and you know I'm really mad that you left all the dishes right and that's your superficial level of a fight but what you're really trying to say in that moment to your partner is I'm frustrated that I came home from work after a super long day and it feels like my time is not respected enough that I'm supposed to take care of the dishes or whatever. So the one argument is about the dishes, which is superficial, and the other argument is about time and respect for the partner. And this film, I think, really just dug right into that, 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 uh, the meat and bones, I guess, of the arguments, that it, it then took their very specific relationship situation that is not really relatable and made it so relatable to a lot of couples. You know what I mean? Right. And I think it takes us to the point of one of the core themes of the film, which is these are people who became um, almost victims of our family law, our divorce system. Yes. Yeah, you're right. People that went in with truly the best intentions, not in a, not in a, they went in with the best intentions. I mean, they really did really go in. Almost naivete, if you will. Yeah. But, but yet, you know, you could see them being pulled in more and more and more. And then at that moment where their eyes just kind of glossed over and they're sitting in that courtroom and their lawyers are saying these horrible things that they kind of released and are kind of like shared in private and saying these horrible things about one another. And they're just kind of sitting there helpless like, I didn't want it to ever really get to this, but like, here we are here we are yeah and I think neither one of them necessarily feels comfortable or knows how to navigate in their specific situation um, as well as just in general in terms of what divorce looks like right yeah I think it's a very confusing experience for both of them and I think sometimes they take it out they express that internally um, Mm. and I think sometimes they express that to one another yeah I mean honestly it would be I'm just thinking about this now but it would be so fascinating if if they did a study and or if a therapist or something a couples therapist did a study and uh, said to all couples who wanted to get a divorce and said hey watch marriage story on your own together whatever 
and then tell me if you really want to go through this or if you think maybe your problems could be resolved. Because, I mean, you have to wonder if Nicole and Charlie had watched that movie when they were sitting at that uh, mediation session at the beginning, if they might have said, you know, maybe we can work this out. You know, like, maybe maybe there's a different path that we could go on before we go down this divorce path um, that's going to so fundamentally, you know, destroy us. And we, we talked about this, that you didn't necessarily understand what was the catalyst for them deciding to actually get divorced. And really, Nicole, because it, it was more of Nicole's decision, it seemed like. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Yeah, that was the vibe I got. And so you, you almost get the sense that maybe they could have reconciled. They probably could have benefited from counseling at some point in their marriage. And mm. uh, because it seems like they never had that uh, second layer, the conversation of substance in their arguments. They were just arguing and then probably arguing and shutting down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they weren't, I mean, the closest they got to airing in the maybe 10 years they'd been together, the closest they got to airing any of these really fundamental relationship disagreements was that argument in which it just completely exploded. And you realize that they had just carried these fundamental grudges and and emotions with them for so long and had never really expressed them in a constructive or positive way. Right. Um, Tons of resentment and regrets internally and some externally that they blame the other for. Yeah. And, um, Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting, I think, to see if if culturally or societally, if we if if marriage story has any sort of impact on statistics, I guess. If you know, counselors start saying in two or three years, wow, I have a lot of couples coming in now that decide that they don't want to get a divorce. because <laughs> uh, they saw a marriage story and they're like, anything but that, right? But that or I don't want to I don't want to spend $40,000. You know, like we were talking about the idea of what if they had just said, well, let's stay legally married. It'll be easier with our kid. We'll just, one of us in LA, one of us in New York, and let's just be separated. Keep the tax benefit and go from there. You know what I mean? Right. And another point that I wanted to bring up with you was... Do you think them being in a relationship or their being in a relationship and working together, do you think that was a catalyst for um, bonding, but also breaking their relationship? Absolutely. I think 
just had this a great it's a great question. I just had this conversation with a um, an actress yesterday in LA, and she was talking about her fiance, and she was saying how she was so happy that he had had a little bit of experience in the acting world and they met in theater when they were both in LA a few years ago or whatever. Um, but that she was so happy that sh- he was doing his own world in a more of the tech industry and that her world was her world. And she was saying, and we talked about marriage story as well. And she was just saying, yeah, the couple that can navigate being business partners and romantic partners, one in a million, you know? Right. I mean, do you, do you think that that's, or do you know of couples or friends or anyone uh, that you've experienced or seen uh, in, in that kind of, professional and romantic relationship? Well, it'd be my goal that um, I could have the both, right? I, I would like to be able to run a company with my wife. Okay, cool. Um, you know, at some point, but, and, you know, I think I, I've tried to do that in different facets of, um, you know, maybe you know, different women that I've been involved with over the years, um, you know, as I've been growing my company. And I think a lot of people are just reluctant to be in both of those roles because it's, what if one part of it is great? Like, we're in a great relationship right now. We're thriving. But you really don't want to be in that business role. Or what if you yeah. want to be in the business role? You know, this company is really hitting its stride. And I have a whole vision for it. And I want to do this. And I want to do that. And, but we need to work on some things in our own relationship. And, and depending mm. on how you make those shifts and roles and what the different dynamics may be. Like, you can have a completely different dynamic. Maybe someone is completely supportive in their relationship. But maybe when it comes to the business things, they're seeing something completely different than you. You're not always going to have their vote. You're not always going to have that support. Um, Right. Your vision maybe is. Maybe you're at cross purposes. And do you let it carry out? Are you carrying out positive traits into both relationships? Or does some of the negatives seep in? So Yeah. I think it just depends. Um, I think it's about mindfulness. I think people can do it. And I actually think right now people definitely should do it um, and try to pursue that. Um, but I also think you have to make the distinction of not everyone. You're not compatible to be business partners with everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. your husband's and- a photographer, right? Right. Yes. Yes, he is. And do you two collaborate often, or like, what is that process like for you two both oh, creatives? All the time. All the time. Okay. And I think, um, however, 
I'm also, for me at least, I'm happy that I'm not uh, in a band with my husband, right. I guess I would say. Um, and he doesn't play an instrument or anything anyway, so it's not like <laughs> like that's an issue really at all. But um, it's nice having those overlaps, but then also having our own world. And I think, I think what Marriage Story, the conflict that Nicole and... Um, Charlie. Charlie, thank you. I was like, Adam Driver, don't say Adam Driver. Um, <laughs> that Nicole and Charlie get into is that he feels like he's moved forward with his dream and she's moved forward with her dream, but she feels like she sacrificed her dream to help him move forward with his dream. And I think I think there was a little bit of that mix up from the beginning. Right. Um, because they started you know, collaborating but, together from the beginning. Right. They didn't have they didn't have the same but they it's not like it's not like she came to New York wanting to be a theater actress and open her own theater company of her own fruition. Right. You know what I mean, a lot of you those believed decisions in him. Yes. And then eventually started collaborating with him. And then yeah. I think a part of her did love his vision and believed in his vision, but it wasn't hers. And exactly. The whole and time he was thinking, this is ours. Exactly. Where it was really just his. Exactly. And I think, so I think, yeah, going back to, you know, can couples be successful in their professional and personal relationships absolutely but they're they're individual it would almost be like if you put them both in a room and said what's your vision for your life and what's your vision for your life and if they in their own rooms wrote similar ish things you know if both of them had written down on that paper we want to have a small theater company in Brooklyn that eventually gets on Broadway and this and this and that right if they'd both written in that on their papers 10 years ago, then their, their working relationship might've been more successful. You know what I mean? I think so. And I think it goes back to if you, instead of, it's kind of a versus thing. Are you sharing a vision with someone where yeah. you both are all in on it, fully embrace, where you both feel like it's yours, you're taking ownership f- with it, or are you figuring out how you fit in and how you can most uh, most productively collaborate within someone else's vision? And I think exactly. that's hard. And I think when you're in the collaborative and creative process, a lot, a lot of times those lines get blurry, especially yeah. over time. It- yeah, and, and Scarlett Johansson, I mean, you know, Nicole, she said in that scene with her lawyer, she said the George Harrison wife thing. And to her, she very much felt like, no, he was always George Harrison, you know, and I was George Harrison's wife. And that seemed to her to, to very much describe uh, her vision for her life. Um, versus their collaboration. Right. And she felt she was getting smaller. And I don't think he ever necessarily saw that 
or um, understood it from that perspective, that point of view. And and, and I think that, you know, we touched on it earlier about how she, um, you know, changes her mind often. And I think even from his perspective, he was maybe thinking she was going to change her mind about the divorce. Oh, 100%. He was not... She was saying, I want to get a divorce, and he wasn't even really listening to that. He wasn't taking that that seriously. You know, just because she, she, you know, she is prone to, you know, changing her mind. So, and, and, and I think also because he didn't want the divorce, he really... And, and they both still love each other, but um, he wasn't ready to just call it quits. Or I think for him, he wasn't ready to give up his vision of the life that he wanted to create with her. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, so going back to your point earlier, that's why there was that moment when she just explodes and it's just like, I'm sending him the divorce papers because because any any effort of me trying to communicate or say, I want to live in LA, I want to do this, I want to do that, is not. Uh, try to. I want to say this in German. Kommt bei ihm nicht an. In German, they would say like, doesn't arrive to him. That's the concept. Like, game groups has officially it. gone international. Yeah, <laughs> like. He like she's communicating it, she's sending it out, but he's not receiving it. Right. Um, and so that's why then you get this just louder, louder, louder until she's just like, "Oh my God, here's the divorce papers," you know. And and, and to her credit, I think she did want it to happen in a different way. Oh yeah. She didn't want him to feel ambushed, and because or even when he came over that day. Um, and he was hanging out with Henry, he was fully expecting just to sleep on the couch out there. Right. She asked, where are you staying? Oh, well, oh, you know. I guess not here. Of course, why would I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, you know, so very interesting moments. Um, we're going to get out of here pretty soon. But I wanted your final thoughts. What is your overall take on the film? Yeah. um, I just think it's so... It is so refreshing and it is so nice that that we're able to appreciate and like that this film is on Netflix and is being so well received and by such a wide public... You know, this isn't just some super indie film that no one's ever going to see that played at two festivals, you know. Um, so it's, I think it's just so positive that we're at a place that we are having these conversations and that we are, are understanding relationships at this more mature and complex level. So I think in general, I, I really appreciate the film definitely I highly recommend it I think people um, be prepared just mentally prepared to watch the movie there's a lot of uh, texture 
and depth to the film. Um, if you're familiar with uh, Noah Baumbach, I believe I'm saying his name correctly. I may be fudging yeah. it, whatever. Um, you know, you know his style. Um, he wrote and directed this movie. Um, the movie is long, but it's worth it. Um, it's not as long as it feels. It's only really uh, the full running time is listed at 2.15, but it's really 2.11, and then you have, like, four minutes of credits. Yeah. And uh, I think I think if anyone is listening to this, and and it's a time of year in which you're still able to do it, and you're, you know, it's, your local theater offers it, I wish I had seen it the first time in theaters. That's the one thing that yeah. I think if I could go back in time I would absolutely change that. I I agree. I, I think I could have benefited from watching it in theaters as well. I think that would have been an interesting experience. But for those of us that um, check it out on Netflix, um, just be prepared mentally to lock in. And um, this is a movie that you might have to watch a couple of times to really get some yeah. of the points. Each scene is very... Uh, contextualized so that there's just a lot to all and of I think, yeah I think you're totally right Rewatching it and I think this is going to be one of those films like a really great book that you watch every 10 years in different parts of your life and I think throughout your life will be interesting how you relate to it based on your own experiences and I think it's going to be a, a film that really changes depending on where you are in your own life. I think this is definitely, I agree, Sam. I think this is a film that you can kind of live with and just come yeah. back to as you progress in your own um, story, love story, marriage story, potentially. And yeah. Hopefully not divorce story, but, you know. Hopefully the, not. The yeah. The film. And um, there's we discussed the film in a pretty good in depth we didn't want to give too many spoilers away um yeah. i'm sure we did give some but still check out the film if you haven't seen it um it's definitely worth it um even if that's not normally your type of film it, it it's very well done and if you like film or even if you don't if uh I think it still has so much to offer and takeaways. And I think after listening to this, uh, you know, paired with this, paired with the film, um, you'll really have uh, some questions and some thought processes that you can reflect back onto your own relationships. Honestly, I mean, I would even encourage, you know, anyone listening to this, if there's something that we said that, like, you fundamentally disagree with or something that we missed or something that you'd love to hear more about right like comments direct messages yeah Yeah. let's get this conversation going let's i mean there's so much there that is it's it's a it's an endless conversation topic i think i agree um wholeheartedly (laughs) my um, Instagram account is Duality CEO Sam. What are your Sam Stokes underscore official? That's where I am 
Sam Stokes. I'm so Stokes. Um, say that all the time and I mean it. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm always Stokes all the time. Um, Sam Stokes underscore official. Yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And then any music stuff, if you're into music, uh, samandjack.com. Um, no K, uh, no C, Jack, J-A-K. There's music. Absolutely. Well, this has been another episode of the Game Gurus podcast, and we will see you on the next episode. Um, it's going to be, we're doing a full season of relationship review. So get, get ready. And like Sam said, we'd love to hear your insight and feedback on all of our commentary today. Peace and blessings. Awesome. Careful.